September sky Watching as clouds went by We confess everything to each other Hey everybody, welcome to Adventure Retired, the podcast where retired people share what they are doing in their retirement to help inspire you to live your best retired life. We are Kurt and Cindy Liljadal, your hosts, and today we're going to talk to a lady named Kit Parks. Yeah, Kit runs a uh, website and podcast called Active Travel Adventures, and I think from what I read, she sold her company and is traveling full-time. So yeah, I think and she's, she's a retiree with a purpose. Well, yeah, I'm not sure she's retired. She kind of started another one, but she's doing good. Right, right. She's she's traveling a lot. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be exciting. Okay, but first, a life lesson from Kurt's book, Fix the Problem and Other Life Lessons from a Pragmatic Dad. Today's lesson is truly good friends are very rare and very hard to find. Some people make friends easy. Some people don't. I'm, I'm that guy that... I, I don't make friends. That's why I keep sending around. <laughs> that is not so true. But anyway, if you have two or three really good friends in your life, consider yourself lucky. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. You you know, you have lots of acquaintances, lots yeah, of people lots. that you ha- are friendly to and are friendly to you. But a friend, a the, best friend, usually could be a family member or yeah. it could be somebody that you really trust. But that person you could call up in the middle of the night and say, hey, I'm stuck in a ditch. Can you come get me? Or, you know, you don't want to borrow money from friends or family, but... Yeah, that, that person that would, would do everything they could for you. Yeah. You know, and it... it you know, I, I know it's rare, but I think we... Almost all of us have somebody like that in our lives. Oh, I hope we do. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. And I got you and a few more. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, babe. Okay. All right. Let's get on to the show. Today we're talking to Kit Parks, and I guess we don't even know where you're from, Kit. Where are you coming from? Well, right now, I guess I'm actually a permanent vagabond. I sold my house a couple years ago, but if I have to pick a home state, I would call it North Carolina, even though I've lived in about eight states. Okay. 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 So where are you at right now? Currently, I am in Tennessee, actually looking for hopefully a future retirement home. Oh, okay. wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. That's oh, a I beautiful bet, state. Yeah, yeah beautiful I would, state. I would love living there. I have a, an uncle that lives with Franklin, and it's a beautiful yeah, area. Yeah, it's so, area. Yeah. 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 Nice. Okay. Well, the first question we always ask, I, I guess we skipped ahead, but technically, I guess are you, you're retired from one company, and then you kind of have a second go around, correct? That's correct. I retired approximately two years ago. I had a business that I sold, and... I started a podcast called Active Travel Adventures about four and a half years ago that pursues adventure travel, particularly for people our age. And so the adventures that we can do and the bar set that my soon-to-be 62-year-old body has to be able to do it. Okay. Well, that's okay. great. Yeah, yeah, that's that's our target um, yeah. our target audience. So the, this is perfect. What What did you do before you retired? What was your business in? My late husband and I had bought a farm back in the mid-90s to do a wholesale plant nursery, which plants were my current passion. And then as we realized our bodies were getting a little older and what we're going to do when the bodies could no longer do it, because it's a very physically grueling industry, we said, well, we got all this land, let's subdivide it and sell it. And after we sold the first lot, we're like, well, we run out of land, then what are we going to do? So we decided instead to put rentals out there. And so we bought repoed double wides and eventually over a course of a few years, like 2002, 2005, I ended up being a trailer park queen. Oh. 
But it ended up being a great business, and it wasn't tra- trailer park trash. It was it was very nice, a place I'd be comfortable living in. In fact, I lived in the farmhouse in front of the development, and it was a it was a great a great life. But, oh, okay. Even got too old for, and so about this time two years ago, I COVID was just starting, and I was like, you know, I'm done. I I it's I want to do things where my body can still do it. I want to be able to hike mountains. And so I put it on the market, sold it right away, and uh, I've been vagabonding ever since. Well, that's much. great. Wonderful. You know, it's so funny because it was about two years ago that we started our podcast and really started listening to podcasts. And if I would have found your podcast, I'm not so sure we would have started one. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, we got on the, on we were driving to Texas, I think it was, and, you know, we got on the the podcast um, host sites and, you know, I was looking for stuff and... There wasn't a lot for our age demographic. Yes, I, I kind of consider us somewhat invisible, even though we have a lot of buying power. So the marketers are missing out. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, well, they're missing out with us because we don't make squat doing this. But but we have a lot of fun, and we've yeah. made some great friends, right, and right. we have a huge bucket list. So, yeah. you know, every time you, you add and check something off your bucket list, it's great. Indeed, indeed. And in fact, I think that's one of the beauties of doing the podcast, and, and, and the intrinsic value is all the amazing people I've got to meet all over the world yes. and yes. travel extensively. And I meet my listeners everywhere and it's just so much fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was just wondering, so you, you have this, um, adventure schedule and you're, you're going different places all over the world. When you come back, do you go back to a certain area? Like now you're, you're looking for a place maybe in Tennessee. What, what are you doing right now? Well, I came, I was in Europe for, uh, for the last month I've been back in the United States, but prior to that, I was five months in Europe uh, doing some adventures as well as just exploring culturally. And then at least I'm trying to at least once or twice a year to come back and visit family and friends because that's obviously important to me. Yeah. And that's probably the most important thing in the world, but there's just so many places I want to see that for me, it seems to be easier for me just to go forward, come back and visit, go forward and come back and visit. So I'm not going back and forth all the time. And so I came back at the end of February. I will be in the country for another month. And then the plan is to go to Costa Rica, where I'm hiking a coast-to-coast Camino, 175 miles with uh, my listeners. And then from there, heading all the way, hopefully, to Antarctica. But that's the plan. And that's saying that my late husband used to say, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plan. So we'll see with right. what's going on in the world uh, today, if I still feel comfortable doing that. But that is the current plan. That's great. Now, do you uh, travel in groups? Do you travel by yourself? Big groups, small groups? I do a mixture of all the above except the large groups. Um, I basically travel solo, but then on my adventures, particularly if they're complicated, I tend to go on organized group tours where I have a guide. If I don't know the mountains, if I don't know the terrain, I just find it easier. Plus it's logistically very difficult when you're by yourself, particularly if you don't have a car, right. if you're hiking, what my, my main thing is you don't want to always go out and back. You want to go forward. And so it's nice to have a van waiting at the other side of the trail to pick you up and take you back to get a shower or whatever the case right. may be. So I, I do a combination, but predominantly I am traveling solo and I do uh, group tours for adventure. I do a lot of walking tours just for socialization uh-huh. while I'm traveling. And um, I just kind of mix it up. I mix it up budget. I mix it up nice. You know, so that way it's always a little bit different and exciting. 
how do you know where to go next? I mean, for me, you know, Kurt's always the one that does a lot of our plan. I should say not a lot. He does all of our planning. I just follow along. 100%. But I might give him an idea or two. How do you know which place is going to be next? I mean, is it just something that's burning inside of you or is it something you've seen on the internet or something you've heard somebody experience? Usually there's a, a instigating factor. Like for example, on the European trip, I had two adventure tours booked, split apart from each other, but they both, both got postponed. One was to hike the Dolomites in Italy and the other was to do an island hopping boat and bike tour in Croatia. Uh, oh, so I yeah. moved both fall of last year and it's like, well, I don't want to go back and forth. That's it's expensive and time consuming. When one was in September and one was in October, so I looked at the map. And I said, Ah, Slovenia's in the middle. I'll go to Slovenia. So then I found a multi-sport tour there, and where I biked, hiked, and paddled there, and that was really cool. And then I was like, Well, as long as I'm all the way over there, I always wanted to see the Balkans. So then from there, I just did a, a just a self-wandering with literally no itinerary other than maybe a day or two in advance of. All right, I'm finished with this place. What's next? And I look at the transport and say, okay, this is the next place that looks cool. And I'd go there until that was sated. And then I just hopped around the Balkans for basically three or four months. You are really brave. Yeah. I mean, that is that is amazing. Yeah. I was, I was, okay, I'm wondering, you sold the, the trailer complex area. Is that what foots the bill for all these? Because, so, you know, we've traveled abroad and it's not cheap. Well, you know, I have to beg to differ a little bit. And okay, part of no. it is I've been saving for travel because this has been a dream of mine for as long as I can remember. And so I've been intensively tra- saving for quite some time in like a separate mental bucket that I have. And then also I sold the business, so I kind of funded it a little bit more there. But actually, Kurt and Cindy, when I was in the Balkans, the Balkans are cheap. I'll bet you I didn't spend $1,500 a month. Oh, wow. And I did everything I wanted to do. I yeah. can't live near that. And even in Europe, I was maybe $3,000 a month. Now, I don't stay in fancy places. I stayed in Airbnbs. If I was in a city that was expensive, I'd get a private room in a hostel, which I can talk a little bit about that, too. I was like, oh, adults, hostel? Totally different scenario than when you and I were kids. Right. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Cool. You're in the best part of town, usually. So. I've mixed it up and I would try to, you know, kind of stay within the limit. But, you know, this is I'm probably going to go this way once. I'm going to do what I want to do. But I'm not crazy with the meals. I might go out once a day, but half of it goes home and it's the second meal. Oh, yeah. So it was just basically day tours and transportation. And I didn't move around a lot because you spend an awful lot moving both in time and money. So if you plant yourself for a little bit. And you're walking, that's free. Yeah, and I found that out that you know, as we've traveled, I liked to stay a couple of days and really experience it. You know, when you're moving around every day, a new place, a new place, you don't get to see what's really going on in the area. And man, it's kind of fun just to, to sit back and, and spend a week in a... Live like the locals. Right, and live with the locals, you know, that's kind of a cool way to, to travel. And it's not as exhausting. Plus, you get to meet some of the shopkeepers. I remember I was in Israel and Haifa, and I actually stayed there for like 10 days just because I was there during holy season, which is the wrong time to go to Israel unless that's what you're there for. (laughs) So I was going to this one ice cream place every day. That was the bookend of my day. So I'd stop by and get an ice cream. After a couple days, 
he was, he was like, you really like ice cream. I don't even buy it at home. That was just my little treat there. And he started giving me double scoops because I became like a regular. Isn't that great? Like, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I became not a local, but somebody he recognized and he would light up when I came in. And just, it was really a nice, one of my favorite things about Haifa was going to get my ice cream at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. It sounds like when we went to Italy with my mother and my wife and daughters and Boy, we had to have gelato every day. <laughs> yeah, maybe twice a day. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> yeah. twice a day. Okay, um, you've been traveling quite a bit. I'm sure you got a good, you know, list of your your check off your countries. Well, two questions here. First of all, what's the favorite place you've been, and then what's your favorite activity? Because you seem to Hike blend in activity yeah. into your vacations. Yes. Okay. So it's hard to come up, and I, I was thinking about that because you said that that's one of the things you like to ask. I've been to you know, dozens of countries and there might be one like the best place for wildlife or the best place for adventure. But if I had to choose one destination, if that was, I only get one choice, I'd probably pick New Zealand because you get to do it all in one small country. Yeah. That's what we've heard. Yeah. So that, that for one, but you know, for wildlife, I'd pick Tanzania. I mean, you can't beat going on safari. Yeah. Oh, man. And, you know, okay, just to go back, in New Zealand, you know, too, you don't have a language barrier, which is great, you know. Do you adapt to the new languages that when you go to all these new places? Yes, I try to always learn the polite phrases when possible, and I will I can speak caveman Spanish, and I'm great at pantomime. And most people, if you make an effort, they will help you. I have I've been in places where I can't even tell it's a language. Like a lot of the places in the Balkans have the Cyrillic alphabet. You know, they might as well be finger paints or right. symbols. Uh-huh. I just, I have no idea what the pronunciation is, but I've yet to find a place that you can't maneuver. And we're blessed with having English as our primary language. The young people know how to speak English. They watch, oddly enough, Cartoon Network teaches them. Right. I've heard that yeah. times that spoke English before they hit school. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So your favorite place, the Balkans, um, how about adventures? Because I know when we went to Iceland, doing hot springs in Iceland. And hiking. We love the hiking part. You can't beat that, but you're hiking, biking, rafting. What's your favorite? I am a hiker and it's actually an interesting story how that all came about. But hiking is what I know best and what I do best. But because I keep feeling I'm under the gun time-wise, that I'm actually actually going to start doing more biking because you get to see twice as much, but you still get to do it slow travel. We're still interacting with the locals. You're yeah. still meeting all over the world. So I like those kinds of holidays as well. And after I just did my, actually, that Croatia was the, the first biking, biking, full-time holiday, and I loved it. So I think you'll see a lot more of the biking and paddling. I just think it's fun. I've only done one trip where the whole thing was paddling. That was down the the middle fork of the Salmon River in Idaho, which I highly recommend. But I don't know if I always want to do a week-long paddle trip. That's not necessarily for me. Right. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like in Croatia, how far were you biking every day? Yeah, and most most of the trips that I recommend on my podcast are things that you're not killing yourself. They're not the Batan Death March. They're (laughs) going down for a few hours. And then you stop, you have lunch, you're usually by your accommodations then, you wander around the town, you go out, have a nice shower, go out to have a nice dinner, hit the pub. And so they're fun. They're not grueling. And okay. Although some can't be grueling, most of them are basically just a fun way to travel. Oh, that sounds like fun because Croatia is definitely on our list. I mean, we were planning that two years ago and we haven't gotten to it yeah, yet. And no, I want to, I just want to go, I just think that 
it's so beautiful when you look at all the islands and the ocean there. Ah. And you can rent bikes and all there? Well, now on my tour, the bike came with it. And I also, I rented an e-bike, which I also have fell in love with e-bikes because oh, we it gives that little um, But to go to the islands, you would have to coordinate something. Like I said, it came with the bike and it came with me being in this one yacht that we motored around to the islands which was great because once you got into the harbor, then you could bike and we were on a, a, a guided biking tour. So they took us, you know, to the other side of the Island where the boat was waiting for us. And otherwise, I mean, you could figure out how to do it yourself, but it's actually pretty economical to have them figure it out for you. Yeah. Yeah. They do all the planning. I don't, it sounds like you guys like to plan. I don't like to plan. I like to just show up. Right. And then I look at the postcards, see what looks pretty, make sure I hit all the postcard highlights. And, you know, I might do a little bit, you know, the walking tours will give me some ideas, but I like to just go experience it and just let serendipity play into my travels. Yeah. Well, I, I and I agree with you totally. I love, we have e-bikes and Kurt has a regular bike, but he, he bought an e-bike this year just to keep up with me. And I love the e-bike. It made biking fun. And it levels the playing field too. It it's does. One of the can't necessarily do as much. No, it's wonderful. I'd say half the group on my Croatia trip had e-bikes and half did not. And, you know, God bless the ones that did not, including my, my roommate was one of my listeners and she's 60 something years old and she did it manually. I couldn't have done those mountains. I don't think manually, or if I did, I might still be biking them. Right. You know, in months, you know? Oh, I'd be swearing um, up the, the mountain the whole way. And they're fun. You put it in turbo and you zoom. It's fun. Yeah. 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 Okay. A lot of your traveling, you say you started in your fifties and why did you wait so long? You know, I guess some people travel when they're younger. Just that was the time of life you were in. Uh, well, yeah, the travel, a lot of that was postponed just because my my lifestyle, the, the nursery, if we leave, plants die. So, <laughs> so true. Wow. Every time things die. And then when it's your business, it could be thousands of dollars, as we found out. So we were pretty much anchored, gosh, for a long time, probably 15 years. And then the Doing the development, same thing. Things break, the plumbing breaks, the toilet breaks. So traveling was very challenging mm -hmm. during that era of life. But I, my father had worked for Pan Am when I was a child. And so I did get to see other parts of the world briefly, you know, during my high school years. I was like, man, this just it fascinated me. But it was something I thought I'd do later. And I did not realize that there was other ways of traveling versus just go to London, see the sites and get back home. I didn't know about this thing called adventure travel. I didn't even know about the outdoors, frankly, until, oh, well, the nursery, I learned that it was okay to get dirty. I was a suburban kid. Oh, I didn't know okay. squat. I never exercised. I did nothing. I was total couch potato, got the nursery, and then I had to get physical, realized it was okay to sweat and get dirty. And then I'm an avid reader. One day I was just wandering through the library stacks, trying to figure out what to read. And I saw on the end cap, a picture book of the history of the Appalachian Trail. And this is way back before Walk in the Woods and Wild movies came out. Right. So I said, yeah, that looks, you know, I'd heard of it. So I, I checked it out. And I was like, how about that? This is a trail. It comes from my own state, North Carolina at the time. And people walked the whole thing. I couldn't believe it. You know, just, I'd never heard of such a thing. I'd never really had been outdoors. And, you know, the woods were this scary, dark place you, you viewed from the inside of a car safely. And, I, I couldn't believe that people backpacked it. And I, and that I, I was like, get a little challenge. And that just intrigued me. So I decided I want to learn how to backpack and didn't know the first place I didn't hike. I didn't know anything about it, but 
I was living in the Raleigh, North Carolina area at the time, and they had a hiking club because I Googled hiking clubs and said, oh, they have one here in town. So I joined that and they were just, they took me in, they helped train me in how to do this thing. And next thing I know, you know, I'm going to do a section hide of the Appalachian Trail. You know, this is the goal, but I like to overstudy things to death. And I saw that the guy who had hiked it the most had a little school in Damascus, Virginia, one of the big trail towns. So I signed up for that. I go there and I meet this man, John, who's in the class. So, you know, everybody in the class had wanted to do part of the AT. And I eventually I go do my backpacking thing and life goes on. But John and I became email friends. So once a year, I email at Christmas. Hey, John, you know what you're doing? Because he would always do something really exciting every year, like super exciting. And right. he's like, I'm going to Nicaragua. Why don't you come? And it's like, me? You know, Nicaragua? That sounds kind of scary, but fun. And it was affordable. And he's like, you can do it. You're fit enough to do it. And I went and it totally changed my life. I was oh, like, wow. I had no idea that you could travel like this. And we backpacked. I was filthy. It was, but it was one of the most fun things I ever did in my life. And then again, serendipity, one of the guys on that trip was an Irish guy, excuse me, a, a Scottish guy. And his 40th birthday was coming up that in a few months, he said, I'm having a hiking birthday party. Who wants to come? I was like, I'll go. And I was like, well, I can't go to Scotland for the weekend. There must be something else to do. Right. And so I find it called the West Highland Way, which is a long distance trail that starts just outside of Glasgow, where my friend Jamie lived. And it happened to go right to where the birthday party was. It's like, shoot, I'm just going to walk to the birthday party. Oh, how oh, fun. And then I was like, I just can't believe this. I, and I was like, if I don't know that you can travel like this. There must be other people that don't know it. So that's was the impetus for starting the podcast. I was okay. like, I'm going to tell the world because this is fun. It's affordable. And it's so empowering. You you just feel like a badass. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You talk a lot about, you know, being overseas, but you also said something about a fun rafting trip. Do you have a lot of time that you spend traveling in America? I did. And, and particularly uh, with COVID. So ironically, like three weeks before the pandemic was officially announced here, I had bought a camper van. And that's another long story I won't bore you with, other than all of a sudden I found myself in this camper van I hadn't planned on having. And so after the lockdown, I was like, well, all I'm doing is going to the grocery store and the gas station anyway. I can do that anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I took my little Sophie and I went on a road trip, which was also how I discovered, yes, I can do this long-term travel. I don't feel homesick. So that's after maybe three months out in the van where I went out as far as Wyoming, I think I made it. I said, yeah, no, I think I'm going to do that. So I came home and sold my house. Wow. Okay. That makes sense. So because you don't want to make that kind of a decision, not know, and then say, oh boy, big mistake. Now I'm homeless and I don't want to be traveling all the time. Right. And, but I'm back in the van again now and hope to be for like another month, but I will sell her. And because I think I'll be international for at least a year and then I'll, I'll play it by ear after that. Okay. That wow. That's great. That's great. I looked on your website and I like all your little um, different areas where you can go to. And one of the things that Kurt and I have been debating about, because we're going to be doing some hiking next year, were shoes. And I love how you have that the one podcast about different kinds of shoes or boots. And everybody, you know, that those are the type it's of... Important. Yeah, those are the type of um, things that when you are going to hike or you're going to go travel... You invest in good equipment. Do you have special things that you just travel with always? Yes, I have. In fact, um, I'm happy to provide your listeners with my basic packing list, uh, both okay. for long-term travel. I've weaned that down because you don't want to carry stuff you're not using, and you don't want to be lugging it. 
but I have, uh, for the most part, switched to trail runners as my hiking shoes. Uh, I'm going to change that for this upcoming trip just because I'm doing some difficult treks where I need the support a little bit more than trail runners. But in Europe, that's all I wore. And they were my hiking shoes, my biking shoes, my city shoes. You know, they were my everything shoes, that okay. water sand. Only shoes I brought with me for five months. Okay. So when you're talking about r- runners, there's they're the, the hiking shoe that's like a Merrell that's more like a, a tennis shoe almost. It looks like a sneaker, but it has the tread and a little bit more support of, of the hiking shoe. So okay. it's a great, it's a great hybrid. Yeah. And what people, when you see the crazy people running on trails, that's what they're wearing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause when we, we have both, um, we, we hiked down like the Grand Canyon and back, um, in two days and you're right. I lost toenails, you know, and I had the same hiking boots on that I've had for years and were totally broke in, but they weren't big enough for going downhill. And I learned a good lesson yeah, <laughs> there. And I want to make sure now that when I'm hiking that I have the right gear because yeah, it can make a, a difference between loving what you're doing and wanting to go home. Well, and that's also why I started. It's a secondary podcast, the, the adventure travel show podcast. That's like a limited release of just gives you the skills and the tools so that if you don't know about hiking shoes, you don't know about sleeping gear, whatever it is, you can just go pick the thing that you need to learn about. And then not that I'm the expert, but I went out and I found the expert information, compiled it into an easy to digest nuggets, either to listen to or on the website so that you can kind of get a good idea. And I mean, literally I'm, I'm a pretty good researcher. So I just culled all the best information just put it in a capsule. Right. You know, okay. You said you'd come back to it. So I'm going to make sure we, we hit it. When you travel, um, in Europe, you said you stayed in, you know, hostels. Well, Kurt and I have stayed in some really wonderful hostels. Can you talk to us about hostels? Because I think people do think a hostel is a bunch of snoring men all in the same room with you, you know, or the hippie type. Right. So tell us, tell us what you've learned about staying in a hostel. I just want to clarify one thing. For the most part, I do stay in private Airbnbs where I have the own pl- my own place. But in cities, I do tend to go to hostels and to find where I feel comfortable staying. I use an app called Hostel World. It's free. Okay, good. And so you can look and see what do people say about a particular hostel because they have personalities. Some may be a party hostel. That's not what I'm into. Right. I want like, my first thing is location. So I want someplace that's safe that I can walk. I'm not scared to be outside at night, even though I tend to be, you know, back at my room, you know, by 10 o'clock, usually at the latest. And I try to find a place with a private room. You may not get a private bath. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. And I don't mind sharing the bath. I also find the kids, they tend to be out all night anyway. So I never have to share. It's (laughs) clean by the time I get there. So I get the clean bathroom and they're just waking up. I'm already gone by the time they're waking up. Yeah, So it works great for me and yet i still at around happy hour if they particularly have, they have a lounge area most of them all have a common area you can go chat have some socialization you know have a drink with somebody sometimes go to dinner with them sometimes not and like i said i have found it fine they don't seem to mind having the old lady there in fact a lot of times because they are young generally in their early 20s they like talking to somebody that could be their mother about things that they can't talk to their mother about. Yeah. So I find it terrible that they want my advice on dating and things like that because they know they'll never see me again. Right. <laughs> That's true. But That's you know, I, and like I said, we, we've stayed in hostels too, just basically kind of the same reasons you, you talked about there. And 
Boy, I mean, we actually stayed in one in, was it Ireland, that was like brand new even. I yeah. mean, they, they are very nice rooms sometimes when you can get a private room. Definitely. And sometimes they're old mansions that people can't afford to keep up as a mansion anymore, so they get broken into hostels. I stayed in one in, where was I, in Portugal in Faro, beautiful, right on the square. I'm pretty sure it was an old mansion. And stunning. Yeah. Absolutely stunning. Yeah, cool. Okay, good. Yeah, the prices are good, too. Right. Uh, I was going to ask you, when you're traveling, especially international, how do you communicate with your family and friends? Internet, WhatsApp? Uh, A combination of all the above. I have, because I am traveling solo most of the time, I have one sister. She always knows where I plan to be staying. So if I fall off the planet, they know where to start looking. Okay. So that's my safety feature. And then my other, another sister's got my find my phone thing on her thing, even though we've never had to use it. I use FaceTime which is free if you're over Wi-Fi to actually have video calls with anyone else with an iPhone. You can use WhatsApp. I'll use that. And a lot of your international uh, locals are going to use WhatsApp too, which is another free encrypted app text and you can talk uh, to other people on. So that's a great way to communicate. And I don't even buy a phone plan. I don't even get a SIM card. I just wait till I have Wi-Fi and I I keep the phone in airplane mode, which is nice. I don't want to be bugged on my trip anyway. And when I have Wi-Fi, I'll check and see what's going on in the world. And it's worked out fine. Okay. Good. Good. So it's kind of a dumb question, but how long do you hope to keep traveling full time? You said you're looking for a place in Tennessee, maybe, because God knows we're going to get old someday. But Yeah, 60s are not old. No. um, I'm thinking probably full time, maybe another year. I am definitely feeling some nesting instincts. Okay. I do. Because I like to hike so much, I do want to be near the mountains. I learned from my road trip and, and Sophie, my camper van, as much as I like the West, I'm an East Coast girl. Okay. So it means mountains. I, when I got back to have grass under my toes, I still remember feeling, and I love the desert, love it, but I want to visit it. I don't want to live there. Right. Okay. So that, that trip really helped refine what is it that Kit wants to do in this next phase of her life. So I've narrowed it down to the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. Uh, Tennessee, I just, it's a little bit less expensive than North Carolina. And mm-hmm. so I'm over here exploring it to see what they've got to offer. And it's, it's just a beautiful state. Yeah, it is. So, yeah. It's very yeah. green and yeah. beautiful. It and it has, usually has pretty good weather. You know, I mean, there's always seems to be storms going through everywhere, but yeah, it's beautiful. Okay. We're, we're getting near the end kit. And um, we always ask two questions of our guests. The one of them is uh, your, you betcha moment. Best thing that's happened to you since in, you've started this lifestyle. Yeah, in your adventures and like that. What what would you say your you betcha moment would be? I would say that Nicaragua trip because it so profoundly changed my life that okay. it, it 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 opened the world like seeing through a prison that I didn't even know existed, and so that that trip just so profoundly changed my life. And it was just such fun. It was just such a blast. Okay. That Nicaragua, and it was just, it was a cool country. I don't necessarily recommend going there right now, but right. when I was there, it was safe and it was just fabulous. Yeah. So, okay. but just, just venture travel in general, but that would be the spark of okay. that trip. Yeah. That right. Kind of started it all. Okay. And so what's your, your, oh, hell no, the worst thing that's ever happened to you while you've been traveling? Well, I've kind of come up with my little rules as I really blow things and make a mistake i kind of make little rules and so one of the ones i learned early on was always 
get in your accommodation while it's still daylight. Okay. My first solo trip, I was in France. I had an Airbnb booked for three nights in Lyon and all, you know, it was everything that could go wrong that day went wrong. The, the credit card wasn't being accepted. My debit card wasn't being accepted. Yeah. Just everything. I get to Lyon and he says, oh, sorry, you can't check in until 11 o'clock at night. And I've been traveling for like 20 hours and yeah. I'm exhausted. And one thing led to another. That whole night was a fiasco that I almost spent the night in the alley because of just a combination of so many things going wrong. Airbnb gave me the wrong address. So I'm waiting at the wrong house, just everything. So at two o'clock in the morning, I'm wandering the streets looking for a safe place to sleep. And that, that was, but the rule number one, try to be in your accommodations by four o'clock. Okay. That's a very good advice. That is good advice. I've, I've slept one time in the uh, playground of a school on Christmas break in the Virgin Islands. And so, yeah, I know where you're at. <laughs> Yeah, it was just yeah. It, but, well, and the other thing too, I've always told Kurt because you got to have. We we were traveling and we were in a bus, um, in a taxi, in a ferry, and hopping all on, all everything in all in one night and without money for any of the countries that we were going through because we hadn't changed money early enough. Now back in the old that, days, before that, yeah, the euro, it was like we have no money, we have no place to stay. <laughs> we have, it was yeah. It's it's good to have those things done early in your day. But, you know, one of the funny things, Cindy, is that when those things happen, those actually become some of your funniest and fondest memories. That is that. so true. So yes. true. You know, it's the fiascos and overcoming the fiascos, they're, they're empowering. Yeah. I mean, I, I can do this. You know, I was never scared that night. That was the one good thing. And I wasn't cold. But still, I was like, hey, I did it. You know, everything <laughs> blew up my face, but I still did it, and I survived to tell the tale. Yeah, yeah. and it's a great hell no. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> oh, we really enjoyed talking to you today. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Anytime. Yeah, we'll, we'll post um, links to your website and everything and so in the show notes, and so people can go to those. But can you briefly say what your, what your podcasts are so people can follow those? Hopefully they won't drop us and go to you. But. <laughs> They'll just yeah, add it to their repertoire. Add all the travel inspirational shows you can find. That's, That's right. Sure. So tell um, us what they are. Yeah, the main one is called Active Travel Adventures. And that's my I focus on multi-day adventure tours that any reasonably fit person can do, particularly if they train. So we'll be doing things all over the world, just, just really cool adventures all over the world from hiking, biking, and paddling. Usually you have to be active, doing mm-hmm. something active. And so I've over a hundred episodes now of just some truly amazing adventures. So that's the main one. And then the subs uh, that my little sister one is called the adventure travel show podcast. And that does the how to's. So okay. you'll, if you're like a newbie, like I was at the beginning, I didn't even know where to begin. So I've tried to break down all the skills and all the, the stuff that you need in order to do these adventures into little capsule units so that you can, you know, if you're figuring footwear this week, you can go look at the footwear episode. If you don't know how to pack a backpack, you can look at that one. Yeah. And so just help break it down to manageable pieces so that you have the confidence to go on these things and to, to purchase the gear that you need. Right. Or rent. That's great because I've already learned, like I said, from the, the backpack one, I already learned, you know, I should have a, a bag in my backpack. I never even thought of putting a, a trash bag in there to keep right. my things dry. They don't weigh and much. That, yeah, I, it's, it was great information. Thanks. Hey, thanks, Kit. Oh, my pleasure. We appreciate you joining us. 
And if anybody wants any of those packing lists, they're welcome to write me. Can I get my, my email? Yes, please do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kit at activetraveladventures.com. Just hit me up. I'm happy to send you the packing lists or, or whatnot or travel planners on, on any of the ventures that we've done. Okay. I do do a, a travel planner that people can use to help plan their own trips. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. always nice to have something to look at and to, to guide your own. You know, that's shoot, great. Shoot me a copy of those too, would you please? Yeah, we'll do. Be happy okay. to. Yeah, they're all free. It's just like I said, this is my way of sharing my love for adventure travel with the world. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Kit. We appreciate talking to you. Yes, can't wait to hear Thank more you. about some of your adventures on your podcast. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow, that wraps up another great adventure. Yeah, boy, she's getting it done. She's getting out there. and she. Re- what I like is she realized she can't do this the rest of her life, but she's doing it now if she can, and more power to yeah, her. Yeah, that's exactly what we say. You know, don't sit too soon and get out there. She's not sitting. She's running. Oh, and I love all the places she's been. When I look at her pictures, oh, there's a couple there that are on my bucket list for yeah, sure. Yeah, that one she sent us at Petra. Oh, really man, nice. yeah, I, w- I will be there someday. Well, thank you, Kit, and... Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Remember, we're always looking for people to tell us about their adventures, their hobbies, their activities in retirement. Yeah, get out there. Don't sit too soon. Uh, you can reach us at our website, adventureretired.com, or you can email us directly at adventureretired at gmail.com. And enjoy yourself. Yeah, we want, we want to inspire other people to live their best retirement. Yep, I love you, Cindy. I love you more. Lots of kids and love you.